You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Michael Kist. You caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen! It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak show. This is episode 203, brought to you by the Five Pokemon SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at MichaelKistNFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best dog co-host in the game, Mr. Tenure Streak Without a Bad Day. He is Benjamin Solak. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Ben, we just watched an alleged football game, one that the Eagles won. I don't know how to feel about it, <laughs> but facts. we're going to work through it. Yeah. How you doing, brother? Uh, everything is delicious, man. I had a good time. <laughs> At no point was I panicking. At no point was I sweating. Hey, fun fact about the Eagles. They didn't even cover. <laughs> so, man, this was, yeah, this, this was quite the game. Listen, they win. They're two, four, and one. They're one and one in the division. They're currently leading the NFC East. This is what it was going to be. And the hope was that it was going to look emphatic and it looked anything but. And now here they are where we hoped and expected them to be on paper, but clearly on field, mm. not. You know, the momentum that you got from the Pittsburgh game and from the Baltimore game, uh, I think gets a, a swift kick in the gonads with the performance here against the Giants, which, like, man, if you're looking for get-right games, this is another, like, the Bengals one passed you by, now this one's passing you by. Mm. The Dallas defense, man, if you can't <laughs> get things working <laughs> against the Dallas defense... We're going to have a, a, a long and tough conversation. So Yeah, the Eagles move to eight straight wins against the New York Giants. They win it 22-21. Yeah. Each one easier than the last, That's brother. correct. <laughs> Doug Peterson, just so good against the Giants. Never a doubt. Uh, this is about who wanted it less, in my opinion. Uh, usually, I try to form some sort of structure as we go through the game for the pod. And I try to say, okay, we're going to attack it this way. Maybe we'll go scoring drive by scoring drive. Maybe we'll go offense and then we'll flip it to defense. In the spirit of this game, which was a zany one, I'm just kind of, kind of jump around, man. I, 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 we're going to, we're going to stumble through it like a Daniel Jones 82 yard touchdown <laughs> taken away by the turf monster. Was, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Multiple choice. Yeah. Was the best play of this game, A, game-winning touchdown pass to Boston Scott. Okay. B, 80-yard Daniel Jones run that ends with him tackling himself <laughs> with nobody else near him. C, fourth and do fade route to Hakeem Butler where he doesn't know what's going on. The dude in coverage doesn't know what's going on. The refs don't know what's going on. Everybody is sto so stunned that this was the decision that nobody's going to throw a flag or try to catch the football. We're all just going to let this thing fall and walk away. 
or four, Daniel Jones getting strip sacked at the end of the game by Brandon Graham with a wide open Evan Ingram in the flat for 10 minutes. Yep. Just, just hitching, 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 hitching. Which was your favorite? Because I don't know if I can decide. I, I think B is going to live on forever. And that's the Daniel Jones stumble. That one's going to get mean to, memed to all heck. Uh, the throw to Boston Scott was a beautiful throw, by the way. Uh, a lot of things happened before that throw. Gorgeous throw to to Scott. Great catch. Uh, uh, awesome moment for Scott. Very happy for him. But it was hard to get excited because of, again, everything that happened before that. The Daniel Jones strip sack. I mean, this got to be this this crushing, inevitable feeling. If you're the Giants coaches, if you're the Giants fans, if you're the Giants ownership, that that moment was coming because of the turnover machine that Daniel Jones has been. But I have to say, like the most memorable one, the favorite one is going to be Daniel Jones tripping all over himself. So I, I think what I, there are a couple of favorite tweets that I have. Uh, Trevor Sikama tweeted out, as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles just went from picking ninth to picking 19th. In the mm-hmm. 2021 NFL Draft, the Eagles take the division lead, the jewel of the NFC East. I think the uh, the other tweet that I had was from Steven Ruiz from For the Win with the tweet of the night when he said that uh, Nate Gary is the first player to ever sack Daniel Jones without forcing a fumble. That was a good <laughs> Which one. Ended up a little bit true, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I, they only got one fumble out of Jones, right? But still, yeah. No, dude, when Nate Gary beat Andrew Thomas, <laughs> I went through a lot of emotions. He, is, he might be the worst tackle in yeah. the NFL. And which... Derek Barnett, arguably, arguably, there we go. maybe beat Andrew Thomas on an inside spin move. Arguably? What are you talking about, arguably? He clean beat Andrew Thomas on an inside spin move. Was it? Okay, I'm watching the film here. Okay. I mean, like, he and Graham arrive at the exact same time. But they gave Graham- the sec... They gave the sack to Barnett, didn't they? They may have given the sack to Barnett, but right, I mean, like, Nate Gary is one of the leading tacklers in the NFL. Do we think that's a good thing? Like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying here, like, to me. They said that about uh, Blake Martinez coming into the game. I'm like, you guys haven't watched a snap of the Giants Fletch defense. Fletch is murdering the right guard. Graham's toasting Cameron Fleming. And, and Barnett wins on the inside spin move. I'm just not sure this qualifies. For those of you who don't remember, Gary perhaps are listening to the show uh, at a different at a different time late, com- late coming on. Uh, I what? once tweeted... Three years with ago. J- yeah, I once tweeted with Jake Elliott attempting a 64-yard game winner against the Giants of all teams. Uh, or not 64, 61. If he hits this, I'll buy the jersey, and he did. Uh, and since then, I've been making ludicrous Eagles jersey-related bets. And about three years ago, after Derek Barnett's six-game rookie season, which if you if you remember how you felt about Derek Barnett's six-game rookie season, six-sack rookie season, uh, a lot of people were feeling pretty good. I was talking about how Derek Barnett was really trying to learn this inside swim move and was struggling to get it going. And I said, if he ever cleanly beats a starting offensive tackle. And it was funny because I remember like he beat Nate Solder on it once. And it was like, he's got to be better than Nate Solder. And meanwhile, this Andrew Thomas who's replacing Nate Solder and is arguably worse than Nate Solder. Um, I said I would buy the Barnett jersey. And to this point, he has not yet cleanly had a full sack off an inside spin. This may be it. I'll bring it to judicial review. I'll consult, uh, you know, some of the experts in this field, obviously. That, and, and we'll see. If, dude, if I have to buy it and he's clearly not going to be re-signed by the team next year, I'm going to be so mad. I'm going to bring in top men to figure this out and and make a ruling. We're going to bring in somebody from the outside. If And also, I mean, you got to give him credit, too, because he also beat Andrew Thomas on a spin move later in the game where he got a pressure on the same thing. So it was, I mean, he, yeah, he was beating Thomas <laughs> on a spin move with frequency. There's no doubt about it. Right. And I mean, when Nate Gary is beating you as well. Speaking of speaking mm-hmm. of Jake Elliott and buying his jersey, the yeah. Eagles metaphorically bought his jersey with the contract that they locked him up to. He also missed a 29 yard field goal tonight wide left. 
And look, a lot of people were saying, like, we got to cut this guy. In fact, Joe Giglio, our friend Joe Giglio, had tweeted out, like, it's time to look for another kicker. And I I quote tweeted and said, would you believe it's $7.9 million in dead cap money to cut him this year? Cap genius, Howie Roseman. What a contract. Long-term contract for a kicker with so much guaranteed money in it. And it's not looking great for your boy, Jake. You want to talk about that at all? You want to move on to the next subject? Jake Elliott's never missed a field goal game. <laughs> um, all right, no, let's let's talk about red zone performance because I think that's yes. a, that's the number one storyline from this game. We've kind of dillied around it here. Yeah. The Eagles win twenty-two to twenty-one. They have thirteen drives to the Giants' thirteen drives. But unlike the Giants, who scored a, a touchdown on an explosive play and had a second massive explosive uh, uh, Daniel Jones run that obviously brought them into the red zone before they had the long 15-play uh, touchdown drive that went 97 yards, the Eagles had a lot of quality-produced, consistent offense, and they got into the red zone consistent, consistently. On their fourth pl- fourth drive of the game, uh, they got first and 10 from the 15-yard line. They took a five-yard sack, and then on second and 15, Carson Wentz threw the interception to James Bradbury. Should have been a scoring drive, should have been at least three, if not seven. Horrible, horrible mistake by a quarterback who that entire drive was just the shenanigan drive. That was where he had the the pass attempt to uh, Travis Fulgham that yeah. all, was all the way across his body, would have picked up like nine yards. You know what I mean? He took two sacks on that drive, uh, and then he had that that another attempt for John Hightower, which was just completely dead in the water. They take another three and out on their sixth drive, which is their their uh, the drive they got after the fumble. So they they kind of played it conservative with about a minute and a half left at the end of the first half. They were on their own nine yard line. They didn't want to give the Giants the ball back in field goal range. They were trying to kill some clock, trying to pick up a slow first down, really make sure they had the last possession. They give that away, but they get the fumble, gift it right back to them. First and ten at the forty two. They get first and ten at the eleven. Incomplete deep end zone pass to Deshaun Jackson. Incomplete deep end zone pass to Travis Fulgham. Incomplete. Deep end zone pass to Travis Fulgham. And then Jake Kelly misses a 29-yard field goal. So you had an attempt to get the passing game going with about 21 yards to work with. Could not find Jackson separating. Could not find Fulgham separating. Third down was definitely catchable, but it wasn't perfect. The timing wasn't great. It was right up against the end line. And they missed the field goal. You've now left 10 points on the board. Biggest problem there is Jake Elliott, right? Mm-hmm. The biggest issue that you've got there is your kicker needs to hit a 29-yarder at the end of the first half. It's just absolutely inexcusable. Bunch of three and outs to start the second half. They're still only down 14-10. Defense is keeping them in this thing. They get the drive, the, the nice third down conversion to Greg Ward. They get first and goal from the nine after the deep Travis Fulgham catch and run on the little little out and up route. You get a run from Corey Clement for two yards up the middle. You get the Jalen Hurts speed option. You get the Carson Wentz draw. So you had first and goal from, or first and 10 from the 11, and you went past the end zone, past the end zone, past the end zone last time you were here. None of it worked. So this time you go traditional run, speed option with your backup quarterback, QB draw with your starting quarterback. You get to fourth and three of the three. Now you decide to pass it. And who do you bring in? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> who do you bring into the game? Yeah. But your fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth string tight end, yeah. who was once a wide receiver. Now, who you poached off the Carolina Panthers practice squad three weeks ago, Hakeem Butler. Now, for the 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 laudable, the the impeccable, <laughs> the the unimpeachable goal line fade, and Butler gets mugged by I think Logan Ryan, and it doesn't get called. Now, okay, I want to come to the. I told you I had some uh, issues with the high leverage play calls in this game. Honestly, this wasn't one of them. Now, did I have to Google? the Eagles roster and pull up who 89 was. 
Absolutely. Right. right. Do you want to, is that a, is that a high percentage play throwing a fade to Hakeem Butler who's coming off cold? No, absolutely not. But here's the thing. I really think the read that they were going to go through was to the left and Butler was just out there to occupy right. a man. However, before the late. snap, he wasn't occupying a man. He was all by himself. Nobody knew the Logan Ryan has to run over late. And by the time he gets over, like he shouldn't have been able to make the play on that throw. Number one, poor throw should have been up high for Butler. Number two, Butler not really fighting for it enough to draw a flag. Number three, probably should have been a flag anyway because he couldn't move his, his right arm, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of weird things on that play. I, I think people are crucifying Doug for the play call on that one. But I don't think that was like, hey, number one read, go to Hakeem on this one, right? Right. That's the thing is. I had somebody in my mentions ask me, like, why aren't they, like, tagging these passing plays with these, with running plays? And I, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had the ability to check to a run yeah. on that fourth and three. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you said, they had the tight bunch up to the formation, and then they were late getting to Butler. And that's the thing. is like, yeah, you got the 6'6 six, six guy. He's getting followed by a, a 5'11 safety convert playing nickel. This is great. This is an above-the-rim throw, Carson. Yeah. And, like, how many times he thrown that to Akeem? I don't know. Once. But if you've never thrown it to him... Right. You can at least look at him and go, okay, should I miss low or should I miss high? Mm. I'm going to miss high with this guy. <laughs> Whoever that dude is over there who I've never met before and is playing on my football team in a critical down and distance, you have to, that pick, incompletion, whatever. If you want to get DPI, that ball's got to be high. It wasn't thrown, the five wasn't thrown because it was so short and the refs just didn't react to it. That ball is inexcusable that that ball's anywhere below Hakeem Butler's face mask. I agree. Right? So it's got to be up high. So all of this. Now, the Eagles have not been a bad red zone team across Doug Peterson's tenure. They have not been a bad goal line team across Doug Peterson's tenure. I don't think they've been particularly bad this year, though I will check up on that. You had the first opportunity you had in the red zone. Wentz makes just just a boneheaded kick him in the helmet when he gets to the sideline play. Inexcusable. And this is what Wentz does, is that when Wentz took a sack, it was first and 10 from the 15, took a sack, made it second and 15 from the 20. And then he said, I'm going to get all of this back right now. Yeah. Right. And he, he went to do that and it totally failed. Worth noting that after Jason Kelsey gets a face mask with first and goal from like the five or whatever it was there to mm-hmm. end the game, they're now at first and goal from the 20. And what did Wentz do? He tried to get the entire thing back on a tight window throw to a five, six running back in the near pylon and it worked. Yes. Right. Wentz is a double-edged sword. You live and die by this. There are times where it works really, really well. There are times where it doesn't. Yeah. So that's one. Then you have the, the drive where they're just looking for a matchup in the red zone. They're looking for anybody to throw the football to. They can't find it with Fulgham. They can't find it with Jackson. This is where everybody said, oh, you're missing Ertz. And that's true. You're missing Goddard. Yeah. And that's certainly true. I mean, they had, you know, Fulgham on that third and seven on that double China concept that they yep. didn't get earlier in the game. They tried him in the flag route again. They're just missing execution. And this is this is what it comes back down to with having players and you haven't played with that much, having the young guys. Designs, are they good or are they bad? Like, I, I'm, Fulgham was uncovered on multiple routes. They just couldn't connect with him. Wentz was fading away from pressure. Then you get to first and goal from the nine in the third quarter. You're down by four, and it's big turtle boy running the football and like the quarterback runs had been working Jalen Hurts got one run look it was speed option and just like the read option against the Ravens on the two-point conversion the Eagles had no they they had no number advantage to that side the reason Devonta Downs is able to play Jalen Hurts is because the corner's unblocked because they had a single corner that side who stalked up to the safety so you got a man on the running back man on on the quarterback you've lost the advantage of your speed option so I don't like Everybody had 10,000 ideas of what the Eagles should have called in the red zone. And all of them were just the things that they weren't doing, which is very easy when none of it is working. But like, 
you go like even like the two like if you look at Doug Peterson on two point conversions throughout his now five year coaching tenure with the Eagles in 2016 he was sixth in the NFL eighth ninth twelfth and sixteenth he's been getting a little bit worse as the years have gone on but he's remained top five in two point attempts for the last five years 66.6 percent completion or conversion then 54.5 then 71.4 then 57.1 now this year he's at 42.8 so this is the one year where they really seem to be struggling in these two-point conversion situations with these packaged goal line plays i mean you saw the two-point conversion attempt when they went ahead jalen hurts with three down linemen they're just throwing everything (laughs) they can out there like even wentz's two-point conversion after the first touchdown when it was 16 21 right QB power run with Boston Scott as a lead. That's not a bad design. It's not a bad design at all. Your quarterback is 6'5", 240. It's a great design. Mm. Here's the problem. Mm. You got Nate Herbig, Matt Pryor, and Boston Mm. Scott as lead blockers on the play. And the reason you have that is because Brandon Brooks, Lane Johnson, and Miles Sanders are down. Mm -hmm. Now, should you acknowledge that and maybe call something else? Yes. Yes. But, like, there's only so much on the install. And you've gone through two-thirds of it tonight. (laughs) You know what I mean? They were constantly in short yard situations. Teams are not giving them the QB sneak anymore. So I don't know. Like my my main takeaway from the offense is the red zone was horrible. They get away with the win. They sneak away with it. But if you just have an average red zone outing, as opposed to just three massive empty possessions, multiple missed two-point conversions, there would have been a lot more points on the board to reflect what was overall a better offensive performance than 22 points would belie, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I just feel like they have Carson Wentz doing design runs on two-point conversions behind a terrible offensive line, like you mentioned. And it feels like this stuff is supposed to be installed for Jalen Hurts. Like, the high-leverage play calling in this one was just, like, interesting, to say the least. Like, this, that should be a Hurts type of play to me. Not necessarily, like, a Carson Wentz one. Especially with, the, I mean, right, the, the injury-prone label for Carson Wentz has been around for so long. It's weird when you watch him get beat up and used on runs like this all season long and the, and the guy just continues to like push through. But at the same time, I want Hertz running that play. He's the better natural right. runner and he still has a threat to throw there. Right. Now, the Hertz throw thing got me in hot water, which I do not under, <laughs> I really don't know. People are like, why isn't Hertz passing the football? Because he's not a, as good of a quarterback as Carson Wentz is. Mm. I think that there are people who probably hear that and disagree with that, but I, I, I'm fairly confident in this assessment. I Yeah, I agree. Now, if you had Hertz do a little fake QB draw tight end pop, pop pass, pass, yes, right, right, yeah. little 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 speed option with a with a tag, little fade route, sure, you know what yeah. I mean. Like if you want to package this thing, package this thing. If you want to build it out, as, so it's a it's a structured play, sure. But to ask a quarterback to come in cold off the bench on like second and seven from the seven and be like, hey, hit a tight window slant throw in rhythm, it just to me, it's just not a winning formula. Well, number one, he shouldn't have been that cold. They should have been using him more right. because it's effective even when he's a decoy. Right. And, and, well, I mean, cold in the sense of your throwing arm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, true, you haven't been warming true. up on the sideline. Yeah. Now, yeah. this, but this is the most important thing. <laughs> they force this conversation. This is the whole thing with drafting him. It's when you run Carson Wentz on your two-point conversion play, we all get to wonder, why isn't Hurts in there? Oh, because then they would have known it's a run. Well, then why aren't you throwing him more? Because you have to find some utility out of this pick, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, they got a, uh, they got a, an explosive play-action passing play off of little Jalen Hurts orbit motion that we talked about on the Thursday show, right? The little orbit motion, little play action fake that it on and throw to Richard Rodgers. Cool. He was a decoy, gave you a nice second level throwing window. Shout out Dick Rod, who had a great game. Yeah. I love I've never hated Richard Rodgers. Always loved him. Don't know what you're talking about. But you when if you're gonna have the QB run being an important part of your offense, which they clearly were doing against the Giants, we haven't even talked about, they were constantly running zone read. 
Right. Remember when I said last week about the Steelers, they were just trying to incorporate all these power concepts and it just, they weren't working for them or excuse me against the Ravens. Then they, that was against the Steelers against the Ravens. They started running more zone. This time they're going zone read against the Giants. It's working tremendously well for them. Carson Wentz is a threat to pull the football. He pulls it one or two times. Otherwise you're holding an extra player. They're getting inside runs with Boston Scott. It was a great day running the football. You clearly are going to use QB run. You have a better running quarterback on the bench. Yep. He's a better running quarterback. Yeah. And you drafted him and you're not going to use him. And your argument for not using him in those situations and in the red zone is what? That the defense would know it's a run? Hmm. Then throw the ball with him. Yeah. And do it regularly. I mean, this you you made this bet. You can't be upset, especially in the event of a really bad red zone outing like this one was, yeah. when the fan base wants you to use the player you drafted who could be really good in these situations. Yeah, you have to break that tendency to uh, open those things up for yourself. And you mentioned the the read option. I mean, we've been calling for the read option where he keeps it for like years now. Like do more of that and it'll help your RPO game because you 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 you're an actual threat. People buy that you're going to run it. So I don't have a problem with those. But look, uh, let's get to some uh, injury news real real quick here. Deshaun oh, yeah. Jackson, man, and th- and this sucks because you saw the early scripting from the Eagles. It was very, very heavily favoring Deshaun Jackson. First play was a reverse to him. Uh, great job blocking on the play from Dick Rod and Travis Fulgham. Shout out to them. Second play, right? Curl to Jackson against Bradbury for 10 yards. Later on the drive, they had the out route for nine yards on second and long. He got a lot of cushion and respect early from James Bradbury, but they go and put him in there as a punt returner in his first game back. He gets bent okay. like a pretzel on a late hit during the punt return and right. was carted to the locker room, unfortunately. And it's horrible. I don't understand the frustration with Peterson putting him back there at all. Deshaun Jackson was not the regular punt returner during Miracle Meadowlands 2. Right. You put him yeah. back there because he's a dynamic returner. You put you him back there he's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He should not have been injured. The reason he was injured was because he was hit late on a play that was whistled dead. That mm-hmm. was not flagged, by the way. When they came back from the timeout, I was like, why are they still at like the 25 or wherever it was? They didn't flag that, which to me is stunning. Yeah. But he's on all fours and he gets body slammed. That's why he's hurt. I mean, like, obviously, if he's not back there, he's yeah. not getting hurt. But it's not as if, you know, Peterson and Dave Phipp decided to put a fossil out there. I mean, you put Jackson because he is objectively your best returner. He's not usually out there because... You don't want him taking those hits, but this is a five-point game in a situation where you really have to win it. You're going to put your best returner out there. Yeah. It's Madre Harper putting the hit on him that injures him. Uh, right, Deshaun Jackson had that nice presence to start the game. He started to get more attention from James Bradbury, which I was kind of wondering what they're going to do from Bradbury. They, they very clearly put Bradbury on him after the first couple of drives. They also were sending flat defenders his way. So Jackson's got all that cushion, so he gets those underneath routes. They don't want to give up that cushion because he's got such speed. So they keep the cushion on him at the corner, and then they're buzzing the flat to him aggressively. Why is Richard Rodgers open in the middle of the field for five yards every single down? It's because those underneath zone defenders are widening so much to account for the Eagles' outside quick routes with Deshaun Jackson out there. Travis Fulgham also good on those routes as well. That's the effect that Deshaun's able to have on you, right? Like the, The space that's generated is immediate. It's noticeable. Fulgham gets a lot more involved through the second quarter and into the second half. Once again, they don't really seem to want to target him a ton until they're desperate. And then, you know, he starts to make quality plays for them. He again had a near catch on that crazy Carson Wentz throw right where he could have had that nutty highlight. Got those red zone targets as well. A lot of people were frustrated that they threw the fade to Butler and not to Hakeem or Butler and not to Fulgham. Wasn't the plan. Right. One, <laughs> if Fulgham's out there, you're getting Bradbury. Yeah. Not Ryan. Which, like, you know, you're also throwing it to Butler and not Fulgham. So that argument, like, I, could, I that's got holes in it. <laughs> you know, like, I'm waste, acknowledging yeah. that. But secondly, I mean, like, Fulgham got multiple red zone targets and he had a catchable ball and he wasn't able to get it. So there's still 
work to be done with Fulgham, but this is now three straight performances where he's had at least, I believe, 70 yards receiving. Um, yeah. So he's clearly become, you know, he had the big play and everything like that. That was really nice to see. And then Boston Scott. The Eagles walked out with their New York Giants 2019 Boston Scott game plan. And the New York Giants were like, yeah, we have no idea how to handle this still. This is really <laughs> unfortunate for us. But we don't know how to stop this guy on quick routes. And he's small and we can't find him on inside zone. And Boston Scott was really, really important to the Eagles. They had a better running game, more consistent in this game than they did with Miles Sanders over the last two weeks. A lot of that has to do with the quarterback zone reads and with Boston Scott playing well, hitting his holes. I will say that after the offensive line having two a really better than expected performance against the Steelers and a as well as could be expected performance against the really good Ravens defensive line. They got waxed by a Giants defensive line yes. that I was confident they would handle. Suo Peta, not a good, not not a good look at left guard. And why should he be? He's the 10th guy to play offensive line for the Eagles so far this year. Got really destroyed. tough to see. <laughs> Lane's not healthy. Sit Lane. So I like Lane wants to play so badly and Lane right. wants this team to be so good and it's great. But if he right. plays during the Cowboy week, you're risking, as you did against the Giants with the knee, continuing injury off the fact that his ankles isn't bending or taking weight. Like, he just is on one foot. Like, he can't, you know, and, and you put Pryor out there, and Pryor is a guard, not a tackle. I mean, it's just mm. total cluster uh, on the Eagles' offensive line. They played very poorly. A lot of Wentz's struggles through that end of the second quarter and then into the third quarter had a lot to do with the pressure that he was experiencing and how he was fading away from pressure now that was affecting his accuracy. Yeah, and Lane Johnson, obviously, he came out during the first drive. They put in prior, as you mentioned, and I agree with you. Just wait till he's moderately healthy and put him out there. I know the offensive line is banged up, and I, and I think, you know, when Jack Driscoll can't go for this game, Lane is like, man, I, I, I have to. Brother, you don't. It's fine. Get healthy because we need you more than for one uh, freaking drive. All right. When we come back here on the Kissed and Solek show, we'll hit up some more notes and we'll get to three words from the gentle listeners. That's coming up next right after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, 
Atlassian software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. We are back here on the Kissed and Solak Show, episode 203, brought to you by the five folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak, and we are talking about this 22-21 to win for the Philadelphia Eagles. Thursday night football, the Eagles, the jewel of the uh, the NFC East. Let's, let's we'll go through some quick uh, notes here. How about the Giants missing a chance to check into a fake punt after changing units late on fourth down, leaving the Eagles scrambling? The gunner was totally uncovered. The punter is pointing to him, looking at the sideline, saying, "Hey, like we could do this instead." But they don't check. The snap comes, missed opportunity to really hurt the Eagles, who came out of that unscathed somehow. Their head coach is a special teams coordinator. I, that's what I was saying. Like, how do you and that's know like, that? At first, I was laughing, and then yeah. I remembered that Joe Judge coached yes. special teams for the New England Patriots. Right. And I lost <laughs> my mind. I was delirious. If you have now, a value to bring, mm-hmm. that should be the one. Now, if we want to talk about coaches and coordinators, and like every, the Eagles want Eagles fans want everybody fired, right? Yeah, we want right, to talk about yeah. guys to fire. Dave Phipp. <laughs> I mean, firstly... They had two vices on the bottom. So they had two guys opposite the, the punt gunners on the bottom. And both of them are pointing to the top like, hey, there's nobody up there. Yeah, maybe one of you should just go run over. Like, that'd probably be fine. <laughs> Elliot is obviously not kicking as well as he typically has. And you can't really put right. a kicker's struggles directly on him, but that's struggling. Greg Ward had an 11-yard punt return against the Giants. That tied the Eagles' longest punt return of the season through six games. Yeah, their punt returner, their kick returners are basically just giant nets with a white flag yeah. of, over top of them. And Cam Johnson's is, is punting the ball pretty well, but Phipps' units haven't been good for a couple of years now. Yeah. Special teams, right. Well, that was ludicrous. And it was funny because if they had given that up after Peterson accepted the penalty so as to not give fourth and one, which I'm not sure Joe Judge would have gone for, <laughs> it would have been uproarious. Um, defensively, and, and, and you know, I think if you ask the average watcher of that game, they like the Eagles offense was atrocious and the defense played pretty well. I thought the offense played better than you would expect kind of with that game script and with the mistakes that they made. Like I said, they had so many drives and with no points that got inside the 15. That's not going to happen every week. If you have an average outing, you're putting up some more points. It's, a, it's an easier margin. Obviously, that wasn't the case. It was very stressful. But still, defensively, they did play quite well. But giving up these explosives is frustrating against mm. a Giants team that was not able to generate explosives for so long. And got bailed out by a drop late in the game that could have really messed them up. With, you know, savior Will Parks right. on Evan Ingram, which everyone's like, Will Parks is back. Second level's going to be fine now. It's Will Parks. Like, I think he's good, but Evan Ingram is faster than he is, and Parks was dead, you know, dead feet in coverage. I mean, this is what, like, the fifth week in six weeks that the Eagles had like a their defense had like a must stop third down situation and you know if the offense executed perfectly they really would have given it up so you missed that throw to Ingram okay the 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 uh, the Golden Tate touchdown Kevon LeBlanc who like is usually a good cover guy for the Eagles is just nowhere 
has no idea where the ball is, what's happening on coverage, how to tackle anybody. He just loses his brain for a second. They had the third and seven conversion to Sterling Shepard, where Jalen Mills has inside help with Nate Gary and just bails to the inside. There's no situational awareness whatsoever what route they're looking at. The Daniel Jones explosive run, this team just played the Baltimore Ravens, <laughs> all about read options in the backfield. They knew Daniel Jones was the highest rusher coming into the game. Yeah. But as Chris Long has told us, and as I will say on this podcast for the rest of time, the Eagles' edges do not have contain, apparently, in uh, in flow away. So Brandon Graham goes crashing down, as he always does. McLeod Ronnie does McLeod, McLeod also comes flying down inside, which maybe McLeod shouldn't be doing that. It's Daniel Jones with a runway. And as Next Gen Stats told us 10,000 times, Daniel Jones is not slow. We run 21 miles per hour. Right. And so that's the longest run by a quarterback in Giants history. So you give up explosives. And that's the story of the points you gave up. 21 points for the Giants offense is the most points any defense besides the Cowboys has given up to the Giants offense thus far. So I would not argue that it was a stellar defensive performance. I would argue it was good. They had some really nice third down designs. They got the Giants into a lot of third and longs. Really nice situation against a conservative coach like Judge. That's even better because then you can throw beneath the sticks, rally and tackle, and you won't go for it on fourth and three. So I thought it was a fine defensive performance, but they gave up explosives. They had man coverage. They regularly lost in man coverage to the Giants wide receivers, which is a pretty solid group. They gave up that massive explosive run. In, in the salting situation, the four-minute offense for the Giants, they were giving up chunk runs when the Giants definitely weren't even going to throw the football. Yeah. So they still, they're still giving up some explosives that it's frustrating to see against an offense that had been petered out so much like New York's had. Yeah, it was a rough game for Nikhil Roby Coleman overall. Uh, Jalen Mills got a pick, but as I was actually typing out a criticism of him, there were there were two coverage errors in the same drive, one by him and one by NRC. Uh, they were both, I think, trying to do too much and got caught not doing their jobs. Mills made a really nice play on the on the Evan Ingram drop, though, to get the interception. Uh, had a pressure, I think, on the same drive. It wasn't all bad, but there were still issues of guys leaving their responsibilities for, due to a lack of trust for the linebacker coverage insider whatever the case may be. But speaking of the linebackers, uh, welcome back to the NFL, Devonta Freeman. How's getting a holding penalty for getting obliterated yeah, by man. Alex How Singleton? About that Singleton rush. All right. I see you, Alex. Alex is now base linebacker, baby. Yeah. Duke Riley is the, ba- is the three linebackers, the third linebacker on, but in Eagles base, which is two linebackers, it's Gary and Singleton, which... Duke made some plays, I guess, sure. you know? Yeah, he had a tackle at the line of scrimmage. That was nice. <laughs> Nate Gary did not. Uh, he, I mean, he had the sack. He was the sinking underneath the zone uh, for that Evan Ingram drop that became the Jalen Mills interception. Uh, so he was... He had one on a fill where he was unblocked. He had a tackle. He did. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a third down throw to Wayne Gallman where he just had no idea where he was going. It was in the fourth quarter. I can't remember what play it was specifically. Um, there were there was another one where right. I think I think it might have been a touchdown. It was came close to the goal line, but like him just standing there for three seconds after the snap. Like I don't know what his responsibility is, but it happens so much. Like, are you spying? Are you high? Like I I, I don't know how to discern that. So like. Gary wasn't, like, terrible this game, I don't think. I want to go and watch the film and kind of, like, break that down and see. But, yeah, I mean, Duke Riley made some plays. Singleton made some plays. So it wasn't uh, the normal pathetic performance from the linebacker crew overall. Ben, any more notes before we get to uh, three words from the gentle listeners? Okay. John Hightower caught the deep ball. That was nice. Did you think he was going to catch that when the when it was in yes, the air? Because absolutely. I, was, I thought, yes. He, yeah, I was positive. I had I I was one hundred percent sure. I was freaking out in my living room, going, "Oh no! Because oh no! Oh no!" The one that he dropped against the Ravens would have been so useful 
<laughs> that one when it was still 21 to 10 yeah you're like they have no shot yeah once Wentz throws that and you see it's high time you're like oh well, obviously he's gonna catch this and now it's gonna be like this galvanizes the comeback because <laughs> that's just how these things work yeah the eagles continue to be a really good fourth quarter team which is nice uh, when we look at that cowboys game with the amount of points that that cowboys offense can score obviously dolan really inhibits that team um, but when we look forward to that the eagles can't afford to get into a, a fourth quarter hole against them because they that hole could be 20 points you know what mm. i mean like it, it's the eagles have had three two possession holes in the fourth quarter and they've got it within two against the steelers within two against the ravens and then they obviously finished the job here against the giants uh, we should we should take a, i believe a moment this was probably i thought this is i, th- I thought you were going to go in a really sad direction with this where are you going with this no 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 i'm saying like I, like we like <laughs> covered the offense in general but we should i think make some you know clear cut claims here yeah this was probably one of doug's worst games okay i agree i think that it's very easy to say the play call was bad after x play call doesn't work you know we talked about why the hakeem butler play could have worked we talked about why jalen hurts running in option is what we've wanted to see we talked about why qb runs could work they just couldn't execute anything it's obviously very easy to be like this every single play sucks but the fact of the matter is when you take three trips into the red zone and come out with zero points that falls first and foremost on your head coach and your offensive designer so very rough for doug yeah carson was the was it a good Carson game? Because I, right. I it was a wild Carson game. It felt like, and I had said I tweeted out last week. I said I don't know how long this Yolo ball thing is sustainable, but I think it ended on the Bradbury pick where he missed. Who was I think he was going for high tower on that one, and like yeah. he still kept doing it. He had to throw across his body all the way across the field to Fogum, which should have been mm-hmm. caught, but also like, hey man, don't throw that. Right. And that's the thing is, it, like I said previously, it's a double-edged sword. So it's unfair to say if you take away the, the Bradbury plays, if you're able to eliminate those, he'd be good. Because by the same token of the Bradbury interception, right. he gets some of his best plays, right? Yeah. So it, it, you can't have your cake and eat it too there. But yep. I thought it wasn't a, like a decent Wentz game. I really like it wasn't as good as the Ravens. It wasn't as good as the Steelers, no, but it I wasn't agree. horrible. He, he's not struggling with inaccuracy the same way he was. You know, he's delivering high to Rodgers, high to Fulgham, and letting them make catches above the rim. I like that. It's good. He's more comfortable throwing to Boston Scott than he is to Miles Sanders, clearly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the the incongruity with Zach Ertz, targeting him. I know Zach Ertz. Seemed more comfortable with his targets. The Butler throw needed to be better. He missed Greg Ward on a third down on one of the three yeah. and outs in the third quarter. There's still missed throws, but the inaccuracy is better. Really struggled against pressure. Yeah. This was a bad game for him against pressure. He was doing a lot of interior pressure and trying to bail out of the back of the pocket. That was giving him a lot of problems. Sue Opeta was constantly in his lap. Jason Kelsey also, like who has a great game, has been playing great this season, is such a big defensive tackle, or such a big, a small center against such big defensive tackles. He was giving up interior pressure. Herbie didn't play well. So he's poor against pressure and the poor decision making. All of that to say, I really don't think it was the worst Wentz game ever. I don't think that he was prohibitive to the team's offense more so than the play calling and the designing was. I think that including him as a runner in short yardage distances and base runs on zone reads is going to stay a thing, and that's going to be good. I would have liked for them to continue to get him outside of the pocket more. He worked good in the spread. He worked good in the no huddle. I, I, you know, people were like he was bad for most of the game. I disagree with that assessment. I don't think he was, which this is now a common theme where I don't think Wentz was as bad as most people do. <laughs> but I really, I don't. I mean, like, he got that team down in the red zone six times. Yeah. And they weren't able to execute down there. That was difficult. But I, I, I think that a lot of this falls on Doug. 
and less of this falls on Wentz. Yeah, I think there were some wonky moments, and I agree. After doing really well against pressure last week, I kind of regressed to, to what it had been earlier in the year where he was really struggling with it. We saw some bad pocket management, like you said, some bad decisions. So, like, I didn't think it was a terrible game. I didn't think it was a great game. Like, cool, it's a it's a fourth-quarter comeback. It's a, it's a game-winning drive, like, all that stuff, all that. They also had to have a fourth-quarter comeback for a reason. Wentz was, you know, somewhat part of it, but like you said, not too prohibitive. Uh, let's let's go to three words. Let's let's figure this out. Let's see what the listeners have to say. Uh, the one that I that I like. Uh, I need a judgment on this at Stovetop Thirty One. Benjamin Stover says, "Can't be an Eagles win without a dramatic finish." Now, here's the thing: he's got underscores between every word. We're not allowing that, right? We're not reading that. Well, okay. If he has underscores between every word, and he's arguing that that would make them the same unit, then that's a one word. Okay. Which okay. also is not three words. It's mm. one word. Yeah. So maybe wisen up and strategize with your spaces and have three words with your little underscore trick, and then it'll get read on the show. But because you didn't, it won't get read on the show. Okay, so at WEG257, I need a ruling on this one too. Lucky they have Carson or Doug would be gone by now. I don't even know what the sentence is saying, and there's no like special underscores. Like what? what, it, what? Lucky they have Carson, comma. Or Doug would be gone, be gone by, by now. There it is. Yeah. I like to see any QB do what he has done in the last two years. And I mean one QB or team. I think a lot of QBs could have done uh, what Carson has done in the last couple mm-hmm. of years, to be honest. Like, let, let's be real. Uh, we're not going to read that one because that that's bad. There's no, not even an attempt to hide the fact that you're using extra words there. I, I did like the one. There was one. I can't I can't find the at. But it was um, Boston TD Party. And I thought yeah, that, that was, was Nikias. Yeah, yeah, back to back for Nikias and Nikias NBA. He's uh, he's <laughs> one of the NBA writers I'm a big fan of. Yeah, so Boston TD Party. I also did see a uh, Boston kills Giants or Scott versus Giants from Steve Merkley at Alkiality. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but yeah, if you just took Boston Scott's career performances against the Giants, you'd have yourself a running back one, baby. Him and Alvin Kamara just duking it out for the best dual threat running back in the NFL. Uh, if you could just have him play the Giants 17 weeks a year. From Swan Ronson at Swan Ron four two seven four nine five one three. I hope I didn't just read your phone number out loud for everybody. <laughs> we have uh, Wentz Wentz's Wensley, which yeah, I mean, like if you want to kind of encapsulate that quarterback performance, that was what Carson Wentz is, and that was what he does, and it's extremely frustrating, and it's also pretty awesome. I like the one. Uh, it's from Josh Hole, I think. Where is it? Yeah, Josh Mull. I'm sorry. Who are we? In all caps, uh, exclamation point, question mark. I think it's a good question. What is this Eagles team entering this game? 31st in DVOA overall. The Giants are 30th. The Eagles win. But I don't think it moves the needle that much on this team. Does that make them only 30th? Does that move them up the ladder? Is this a a team capable of being an okay football team overall? Just being like from here on out, are they a 500 football team? Are they less than that? Could they possibly even be more than that? I don't think so. But like, what is this team? What can we expect from week to week? We walk into this thing and a lot of people, I mean, they were favored by four and a half points. What, what is this team? It's a really good question. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I know. But listeners will have to <laughs> tune in to next week's episode to find out. That's a good tease. That's a good tease. No idea. They're very yeah. weird. <laughs> One, uh, Michael Campanero at Michael Camps, who just posted the video of Daniel Jones' 80-yard touchdown run with absolutely no words, which I'm not even going to make a bit about this not being acceptable. That's really funny. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you've seen it, but somebody took Jones running 
and put it on like the win probability line. I saw that. Yeah. So it's just like Jones' little avatar, and then he falls over right when the Giants' win probability goes from like ninety-one to zero. Um, <laughs> uh, at Darius or uh, at Foles Burner, his uh, t- his name is Darius Slay Stan. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. Doug Pagano Peterson, and he's got the picture of the fourth and three, of, the fourth and three of that infamous fake from the Colts against the uh, the Patriots because there was some absolutely weird play calling going. But you know what? I mean, think back to last year, like that formation, it felt like what the Dolphins did to the Eagles last year. Remember that one where I think it was Camus Grugier Hill for some reason didn't get over and they ended up scoring on that. Or was yeah, it yeah, it yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like that where they motioned the freaking punter out. I forgot about that. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. Wow. Everything the Eagles have done forever is sad. Um, okay. I have Jeff Flores at J Flores TX210. Trey Jalen Hurts, da, 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 da. we need other things, not a backup that just runs the ball. A, not three words. B, Eagles are sellers at the trade deadline, baby. Little sell your backup quarterback who you're apparently not going to use, except for one bad speed option call. You that have was to a fine bu- speed option call. You have, to, you have to build this value before you sell him. But like, mm-hmm. are you like, okay, number one, okay. I thought the re- I thought the news of Alshon Jeffrey being shot was hilarious because they yes. ran a freaking PR campaign for him all summer trying to deal this guy, saying he was focused and, like, all of this stuff. No one's making any calls. And if you listen to, like, the wording, if you pay attention to the wording of it, like, they're saying they're getting calls on Zach Ertz. They're also interested in trading Alshon Jeffrey. Focus on the wording there. Nobody is calling about Alshon Jeffrey. They want to see him on the field first. That may not happen. He was supposed to play tonight. That did not happen. Look at Zach Ertz. They're getting calls on him. Even despite the drop-off this year, teams are still interested in Zach Ertz. And me, I'm willing to sell him. You can't because they put him on short-term IR. I said this in the Slack. Do you not read my Slacks? You can get him before before the trade deadline. You can get him out there. He'll be back, mm, isn't he? No, 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 no. So he's on short-term IR. So he's on it for at least three weeks. Albert Breer had this. Oh, wait. I can't wait to watch the reaction to this live. So they put him on short-term IR, right? Which is the minor injury designation that only exists this year, right? Because of COVID and, and changing rosters, they have an IR for, for small periods. The rule is you cannot trade a player who's on minor IR. And the Eagles put Earth on minor IR. And they, they waited a couple of days because apparently people were calling about him. And they heard the calls and they said, this is not going to be enough. So they chucked Ertz on IR. So there is 0% chance they trade Ertz because he's going to still be on IR before the deadline. I see that now. Which yeah. is nuts to me. Yeah. They kept Alshon Jeffrey on the roster for seven weeks. They want to <laughs> PUP him. And you have Zach Ertz, who you might be able to trade. I mean, maybe that's why they didn't do it with Alshon. They didn't want to put him on short-term IR because they didn't want to be able to trade him. I don't know. But, like, this doesn't make any sense to me. So, they can't well, trade Well, I, t- I, t- I take back everything that I said then, mm-hmm. and I did not read the, the full story. I right. was just like, yeah, of course they're getting calls for Ertz. But I didn't see that, like, those co- you can't do anything with those calls now. That sucks mm-hmm. because I would have traded Ertz because yeah. Goddard, Goddard was clearly playing better. He's going to yep. come back and be the better tight end. And also, the Eagles were not in 12 personnel a lot today. And while that took away some of the concepts that I think may have been helpful against the Giants, the passing game, I mean, once had 357 yards, two passing touchdowns. Right, yeah. Like, it, it, you got to use some better athletes, right? You got to use some wider surfaces. Okay, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Right now, water gun to your head. Shout out, Birds with Friends. One player that the Eagles trade, because they're going to be sellers, apparently. Who's the player that you think the Eagles trade this year? Derek Barnett. It's an interesting I've thought about Barnett. But the problem yeah. is he doesn't give you any cap help because he's not in the books next year. This isn't his fifth-year option. This is his fourth year. They picked up his fifth-year option. 2019, 2020. Oh, my goodness. You're right. Yeah. This is, oh, cool. I'm, I'm so glad I got I got back on the right side of things after uh, – You did. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, right. He's got $10 million base salary not guaranteed. 
Next you want to pay him ten mil, or you want to yeah, ship yeah, yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Derek Barnett. Barnett's <laughs> a good guess. Sweat's been playing well. Yeah, you kept you got Vinny Curry back. That was important from you for whatever reason. Obviously, Barnett just had a great game against Andrew Thomas, but get rid of I mean, okay, so cool. well, so, sell when you when the when the yeah, stock yeah, exactly. is gonna... sell high, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Bar- right. Barnett would be my guy. Any other people that you had in mind for that? I think him. I think they do deal Alshon. I think it's for a six six or seven they do yeah. yeah you know what i mean like that's a, i think they'll get alshon and then barnett off the books makes a lot of sense my favorite and last three words is from manu don't know which i don't know if that's manu ginobili or whatever uh tagamet pepsi ac nexium which i'm pretty sure is the cocktail of drugs that this man used <laughs> to get through the game <laughs> tremendous Good. nice advice thank you for sharing and look, if you're up at, I don't know, even know when I'm going to be able to drop this, probably like around 2 a.m. If you're up listening to this, we hope you're on drugs. Ben, say goodbye <laughs> to the gentle listeners. Let's get the heck out of here. Yeah, thank you as always for listening to the Kiss and Solak show here on BGN Radio. We do appreciate you swinging by the Eagles. A valiant effort, a glorious <laughs> win. Yeah. A victory for the ages, 22-21 to 21 against the New York Giants. Surely this will forever be remembered as the most impactful Brandon Graham strip sack in his career with the Eagles. Uh, they now, as I said, are 2-4-1, and one, looking at a long week of rest before they face the Dallas Cowboys, currently at 2-4, and four, potentially at 3-4 and four or 2-5. and five. On Sunday night football? Yeah? This mm. upcoming Sunday? Like 10 Is, days? Are they primetime again? Are you kidding I'm me? I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. Mike's Why would they like, do that to us? Mike's like, man, I need sleep. What, oh, is, what is happening? Eagle schedule. Yep, Cowboys, 8.20 p.m. on oh, Sunday, November 1st. So, Is Andy Eagles Dalton Cowboys. better than Daniel Jones? Potential, you know, <laughs> division on the line before their bye week. Going to be great to see. So, long rest for the Eagles, and accordingly, a long rest week for us. You have the post-game show here, and you will get the post-game thoughts from BLG and from Jimmy throughout the course of the weekend. And then we'll get back on our regular show slate, obviously with no post-game recaps on Sunday and on Monday, but you can catch the feed through Tuesday and into Wednesday for all of the preparation you need for that ultimate Cowboys matchup. He's Michael Kist on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. It's KSD. I've been Benjamin Solik on Twitter at Benjamin Solik. That's S-O-L-A-K. Go birds, baby. We all we got, I guess. We all we need. For sure. For sure. Fly, Eagles, fly. From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.